You are listening to Takedowns to Breakdowns. Uh-oh. And it's over. It's over. It's over. We've it's been over. talking about it for a long time now. It's over. Yep. It's over. Khabib Nurmagomedov wins. I know you watched it. Yep. So let's just get this over with. What were your thoughts? Um, it kind of went sort of the way I predicted. Um, you know, I I thought it would have went until the fifth because I said it would go the distance, and uh, from there I didn't know whether it was going to be by decision, um, or if one of the you know either Connor got you know KO'd Khabib or Khabib you know got him in submission, but fourth round he wins by submission. Um, but holy shit, like. Since the first round, man, he was just dominating, you know. But McGregor didn't really look like... McGregor. Yeah, and I, I get it. He's been out for two years, you know, so he's not really, uh, um, you know, in, in, his, in his typical mindset yet. You know, he wasn't there mentally, so physically we didn't see him as, you know, the normal McGregor that we all love and know. I was really upset that he came out looking the way he did. He looked like Cage Warrior McGregor, which shows a lot, which defines a lot about technique, in my opinion. Is that you had a very aggressive, super aggressive Conor McGregor, who from Cage Warriors was always like that, always hunting with the left hand, wanting to land it, landing it, and then just trying to keep the pressure up. Yeah. Um, which evolved into the surgical precision counter-striking McGregor that you see with um, with Jose Aldo, with uh, uh, Nate Diaz the second time, with Eddie Alvarez. And then he went to this weird old version of himself, which reminds me a lot about as a martial artist, your foundation and your bad habits will stick with you. Your yeah. instinct will stick with you. Um, which is why I think people are so strict about training, at least when you have a good teacher, because they know that. They know these bad habits will be built into your hardware mm-hmm. it'll be wired in um so in that situation that was very very evident to me um <clears throat> he did a great job in the first takedown attempt in the first round when Khabib went in he did a great job with control he did a great job with po- with posturing and the one thing that really helped him win and uh, or maintain control for the short period of time which you know very well from from us training together in uh, Aiki jiu-jitsu was head control he was pressing down a Khabib's head a lot. Yes. And Khabib couldn't do anything with that until Connor, for whatever reason, let go to try to get like control on the waist, mm-hmm. which he didn't have in that position. I don't know why he went for it. And then the second he did that, Khabib was able to take him down. He's right. like, oh shit, I got to go back to the head. And by then it was too late. Um, I was predicting second round KO because I was expecting a finely tuned Connor McGregor. That was not the case. Um, I was bummed out. I was bummed out by it because. I was really upset about how Conor McGregor looked like an amateur Con- Conor McGregor. He didn't look yes. like yeah. the precision machine that we all know, the surgical striker that we all know. And that was, it, it bums me out because that wasn't the fight that I thought it would be. I would say, if you look past all the all the rule breaking with grabbing the fence and grabbing the shorts and holding the yeah, gloves and all I'm that so other stuff. with that. Beyond that, though, he did a great job of surviving a lot of the ground attacks. Yeah. He wasn't really getting shot up that bad. No, because I think Khabib was just really just pressuring him and putting all that body weight onto him, you know, because, I mean, 
Although I've seen Khabib, you know, strike on you know on the ground, he's not really known for that. And I feel like that's what he's known for, just pressuring guys and putting that weight on them and tiring them out. And Yeah, he's known for his top pressure. It's, it's a lot like, uh, I mean, his ground and pound is good, but his ground and pound doesn't usually finish the fights. Usually what happens, it's, it's, almost, like, uh, it's almost like his teammate. It's almost like Luke Rockhold. Mm. Granted, Luke Rockhold is a very different guy because he's so strong and tall and lanky and he's, he has such powerful kicks. But once you get on the ground, Luke Rockhold is so good on the ground and nobody gives him credit for it until they see him finally doing it. But he does such a great job of posturing into position to start laying ground and pound. And he's, he has so much power, people start covering up. And then because of that, they start opening up his submission skills. Yeah. And then he gets them. Khabib actually does that a lot too. He'll ground and pound. He never like knocks people out with it. Like Even the Michael Johnson fight, when he's beating him so bad, he's talking to him. Saying, like, you know I must win. I'm sorry, but I must do this. Like, and he's just literally saying that yeah. calmly as he's punching him for, like, three rounds. Um, he won by tap out because you saw an opening for, like, I think it was a Kimura. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, you see that happen from the, the, the openings that are formed by his pressure. His pressure forces, it has to escape somehow. And it escapes with these people, you know, essentially giving up positions for him to, to grab. Yeah, yeah. Um, but with Connor, I didn't see that. No, I mean, I mean, it did happen. It happened the same way. It was a, it was a submission. It's not that Khabib has this perfect jujitsu. It's because people open up and all of a sudden, hey, my neck's right here, my arms right here, you know, my wrist is right here. Like, you see, it it opens up those uh, those gaps for him to take advantage of. And you know what was interesting too, not to cut you off, was no, was that submission too? Because, um. He didn't really get Connor underneath the chin, you know? I it mean, was on the chin. It was on the chin, and he had his head twerked. Um, but you've been in that position before, too. I have been. And that was, by at worst, you probably had it from, what, either Sensei or Jay? Oh, yeah, for sure. It's painful. Oh, yeah. It's very painful. Yep. And like, yeah, it, it, it's it, not like the guy was, like, about to get passed out. I'm sure it was the pain. It was the pain. Like, imagine, imagine if, if, like, in class when that happens to you, you, you somebody, whoever's doing it, was trying to literally pop your jaw out. Right. Instead of like, this is the submission. They were like, no, I hate you. I mm-hmm. want to pop your jaw into pieces. Yeah. And they were going for that. Like, that's what Connor was going through. So I think Connor gets a lot of, he gets a bad rap for tapping. And I want to talk about this because this is something I don't think we've talked about enough, if we've talked about it at all. I don't understand the mentality of, and this can also like parlay into the coming event, which we both knew was going to be awesome. Um, Fighters, especially MMA fighters, thinking going out on your shield is the most honorable, respectful thing. I'm not tapping out, break my arm. I'm not tapping out, put me to sleep. I'm not going to stop even if my hand's broken. I'm going to throw my broken fist at you and kick you with my broken foot. It's like, yeah, look, guys, I get it. You, you feel like gladiators, but like it's – that's not smart. It's not smart yeah, to do no. any of the things. And it could affect the rest of your career. In life. Have, yeah. Life, like absolutely. Mayweather put it perfectly after he fought Connor when Connor was complaining, like, "Put me away, don't fucking call it." And Floyd was like, "Dude, we want to see you fight. Like the people want to see you. They're not going to see you if you keep going out like that. That's not that's that's not how you survive." Yeah, yeah. Um, <coughs> it's uh, I don't judge him for tapping. I don't. Oh, yeah, no. I don't judge him. People are like, oh, fucking pussy. It's like, dude, I don't care. I'll let Khabib put you in a neck crank after 
what is it, three, four rounds of getting fucking, oh, fucking hell, yeah. Samboed left and right. Yeah. Yeah. And you tell me if that you're not going to tap. It's like, I won't tap. I'm a fucking warrior. Blah. It's like, okay, tough guy. Whatever. It's you gain nothing by not tapping and having your jaw popped into pieces and having yeah. it wired back in yeah. and eating liquids for the next eight months. Like that has nothing to do with your intelligence or your bravery. You're brave enough just because you're a fighter. You're tough enough because you're already a martial artist. Yeah. Like you don't need to prove it with sacrifice like that. I tweeted how much I loved it. And actually, uh, Jesse Rose Clark, who I talked about before on this podcast, who interacts a lot with fans, uh, especially me, which is nice. I said, I wish this happened more often. And if for people who don't know what I'm talking about, in the Comey event between Tony Ferguson and Anthony Pettis, Anthony Pettis broke his hand. And I think it was second round, Duke Rufus, his coach, said, hey, Anthony, are you okay? Anthony said, my hand. And the mics didn't catch, catch it up, like pick it up at first, but then Duke was very adamant, like, your hand, is it broken? Is your hand broken? And Anthony was like, yep, it's, it's broken. And then Duke said something I loved. He went, I don't know if you picked up on this, but he goes, hey, man, I'm not going to let you, I'm not going to support you going back out there if you cannot commit to a game plan that will let you win. Can you commit to a game plan that will let you win right now? And Anthony was like, ugh. And Duke was like, I'm not letting you fight if you cannot commit to a victory with this. Yeah, he's like, I'll throw in the towel. Yeah, like, like yeah. I'm not putting you through this. I will throw in the towel. And Anthony was like, I I don't think I can, no. And he went, okay, that's it. We're done. We're done. We're done. Yeah. And I was so happy to see that, A, because you never fucking see that in no. MMA. You never see that. Of like, You see that in boxing all the time. Because good coaches and good trainers take care of their fighters, and they know, hey, why am I going to let this guy get mollywopped for 12 rounds and sustain massive amounts of injuries and damage? Yeah. That does nothing for his performance, only to shatter his confidence yep. or her confidence. There's nothing to gain from this. And to see that was so awesome. It was so awesome to see Duke be like, I support your decision to fight, but you're, you're, I'm, as a coach, I'm saying you're only going to fight if you can win. Can you win with this right now? Yeah. Can, you, can you commit to a plan of victory with a broken hand? Or compared to that other... Uh the, the female UFC fighter, I forgot her name. I think it was Jessica I. Yeah, who I was like, was I don't want to be in here. Like, I don't want to do this. And they're like, her no, coach was no. Like, her coach was like, you can be tired in a round. It's almost <clears> over. <throat> yeah. You got to push through. And she's like, I don't want to be here anymore. She's like, no, no, no. We all feel like that. You got to just go out there and die on the mat. It's like, what? Yeah. What? She knows. She knows the situation. Yep. She's not giving up. You. She made weight. She did like an eight-week fight camp. She's plenty mental tough she's plenty she has plenty of character she knows as a fighter in that situation like you know what i don't think i can win like <laughs> yep. like you know when you're fighting somebody it's like they're better than me they're getting the better of me and it's bad for me to stay here that's what that was to me yeah and i just put that out there and it was really cool to see a ufc fighter uh like like jesse rose clark um she liked it like pretty quickly and i was like that's awesome i have validation from a professional fighter professional, who agrees yeah. with me about that. Like it's, it's stupid to see these people be like, no, let me go out on my shield. I get it. It's like a meathead bro mentality in MMA culture, but it, it just, there's no, nothing to gain from that. There's nothing to gain in my no, opinion. Not at all. You know, did you think the same? Absolutely. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I just don't understand like the whole, pride thing you know i mean I, I there's nothing wrong with having pride but it's like just be smart about it you know and you you really need to think about your future when you make decisions like that or have that mentality 
I I think a lot of people who've never taken jujitsu or, or never grappled like that don't understand how good it is to tap. Absolutely. It's it's a letting go of your ego. It's no, you got me. I tap. Yeah. Oh, you you got me again. I tap. Like it's not and leave that drama in the ring. Yeah, like I I get it. Or the that, cage. Oh, yeah. But I get it that people don't want to tap because they want to tough through it. Mm-hmm. I don't think you need to prove your toughness by doing that. I think you're already willing to do it if need be. If it was a life and death situation, I get it. But it's not. It's it's a matter of a career. There's nothing to gain from it. I just wonder, though, if like when people have that mentality of you know this ego or this pride that they have, you know, and let's say they do end up losing. You know, and then you hear about these UFC fighters, you know, who contemplate suicide because, you know, now their record, their perfect record is now broken from this one loss or, you know, so I, I don't know. Uh, I think it's, they, they have to push themselves mentally because maybe that's what they have to do to get through their career. But I feel like at that point you should just seek counseling for something like that. Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't think. Long story short, I don't think you need to prove yourself. Um, yeah, no. Yeah, but I mean, that's, I think, a fatal flaw of our egos where you don't want to give up, you don't want to tap. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have that mentality in class, but I, I'm i not going to tap right away. But like, if you hit a point that hurts, I'm tapping. But there's yeah. times where people don't have a, a lock. They're like, what, you don't feel it? I'm like, I mean, I feel it, but... Do you want me to tap the second I feel any resistance, or do you want me to tap when it gets to a point that it hurts to a point where I can't handle it? I could tap it either or. Yeah. You tell me, but don't yeah. think I'm trying to hold out on being tough because I'm not. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of tough, speaking of character. So for those who don't know, post fight, Habib, hmm. uh, Connor tapped to Khabib, and Khabib got up. Could be started to walk over to the other side of the octagon where Connor's coaches were, Connor's team. He threw his mouthpiece, not <clears throat> directly at them, but on the ground slash to the cage in their direction. And then randomly, Habib just started running, jumped over the cage, and then jumped into the coaches to try to fight them. Now, <clears throat> there's a lot of shit going around about this, but bottom line is uh, Connor's jiu-jitsu coach, Dylan Danis, Apparently was egging him on. Yes. Now a lot of people came out and said Dylan Dennis was saying some like Islamophobic shit because Khabib yes. is, is Islam, but uh, he's Muslim. But um, Dylan came out and said I I would never say shit about people's religion. I was talking. I was just telling him like bring it, let's go. Like because I guess Khabib was talking shit as well, saying I tap your boy. He taps. He taps. And Dylan maybe said something like, come on, I'll make you tap or come bring it or something. Yeah. Nobody really knows what was said between the two of them. But Khabib, long story short, launched himself into the crowd to attack them. And then that started a giant coach-on-coach brawl. Which which broke into the crowd. uh, Broke into the crowd. And it led into one of uh, Khabib's teammates tried to jump the cage as well. Two of them. Well, before the two of them, one of them was in the cage to go congratulate Khabib. Khabib oh, okay. ran out, and then once he saw that what Khabib was doing, he was running to jump over the cage to go either help or pull Khabib back. Connor saw that. Connor grabbed him to stop him, and that's when two other guys of Khabib's team jumped in the cage behind okay. him 
and basically jumped Conor McGregor. So once one of them got like a few hits to the back of his head, stuff like that. Um, first of all, very, very interesting to see a professional fighter's response to like a legit attack. Yeah. Like not a set attack. Like, oh, we're right. F- it was, oh, this is a real life situation. I'm getting jumped all of a sudden. Like that was very, very unique to see in action. A mm-hmm. professional fighter's response to a unknown attack. Yeah. Um, the other one was to see Connor immediately go back and be like, okay, we're throwing and start to try to hit them back. Um, yeah. So I saw that happening live. I remember just being like, wow, this is, <clears throat> this is a lot. I wasn't like, <gasps> the shame and travesty of MMA is being destroyed by Connor McGregor and Khabib Nurmagomedov. I didn't have the reaction. I know the commentators were like, this is disgusting. This is, this is the Very worst thing. This and, is yeah. so unprofessional. I can't believe this is happening in 2018 in our sport. This is, oh my God, this is so crazy and it's not something that you would see. This is not how you represent MMA, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, no one made a comment when... Conor McGregor jumped the cage and got in Jose uh, Jose Aldo. Yeah, well, all he wasn't those trying to attack him. But the the idea though, he, he. I mean, what other fighter? I'm sure it's been done, but what other fighter has done that? Other fighters have jumped the cage, to talk shit, got into the crowd where but the other do- person was sitting. To, yeah, but Conor- whether whether he was gonna initiate an attack or not, it was the idea of it. True, you know. But Connor wasn't trying to to get. You see him being restrained, and he's just like, "Cool, restrain me." I'm just gonna yell at him. That's all I wanted. I just yeah. want to get in his face now. Yeah, I don't know. Well, anyways, what did you think of that incident? Okay, so was it the shame and travesty? Well, here's the thing. My mind is all over the place on this whole situation, right? Because okay. I have to think about how this all started. The drama between them and what Connor, the the whole thing with Connor and the 30 people he showed up with through the dolly at the bus, you know, um, there's theories behind that where uh, I don't know if Khabib made a comment or there's theories going around that that was planned by the UFC because who just shows up like because Khabib, I guess, had an interview. He's like, how did Connor even know that I was in? In a stadium that seats 20,000 people, this place is so huge. How did he know that I was at this place at this time? When There's rats, there's snitches. In but then, crew. you know, there was no security. No one was curious. Like, why is Connor with a, all these people walking through the halls and stuff? And then, you know, they end up in the parking lot. There's a dolly there to throw out the bus. And, you know, there was just, it was just like, okay. And then on top of that, Dana allowed to have that footage in the promotional video. Oh yeah, and fight. if there's a rematch they're going to use Because that his shit. whole they're his whole thing is too. Oh, but you know, that's what it was part of the it's part of the history and the drama, but it's like is that unprofessional? You know what I mean? For them it was like, "Oh, it's business. It's going to get the crowd riled up," but it's like other employees of yours were injured because of that incident. So here's the here's one thing. Two things, two things. One, the bottom line is money. No matter what, the bottom line is money. You can bet your fucking ass that if they ever get a rematch, guess what's going right in the promo? Oh, I'm sure. One Actually, the post-fight, that post-fight brawl is absolutely going to be in that 100%. promo. 100%. Yep. Number one. Number two, somebody found a tweet a long time ago between Coach Kavanaugh, which is Connor's head coach, 
saying something to Khabib, talking about how, hey man, like it, it was. You know what? Let me see if I can find it, so people can give their own mm-hmm. view on it. But while you're finding that, I'll uh, I'll elaborate more on my, um, my point of view on I guess this whole situation. So yeah, yeah, do that. It's like I really got to take into consideration, um, you know, just what happened in the past how McGregor is to begin with. And at this point, I know for a fact he is the way he is to get sales, right? Because at the end of his fights, he's very, um, he shows good sportsmanship. Connor? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like, all right, you know, we did, it, it was business. And actually speaking of that quote, there was a time in the ring. I forgot what round it was. He actually looks at Khabib and says, it's only business, man. It was round three. Yeah. Yeah. They he, were, Standing up, and they were about to be separated. And Connor goes, "It's only business. It's only business." And Khabib was like, "Yeah, it's only business." Yeah, like, like, you know, talk to me. He was like, "Talk to me." Yeah, talk. Yeah. Now we talk. So I mean, when you hear all the racial <laughs> slurs, and I get it, it happens it in any business. sport. It, it happens again. It's the totally to understand. Fights. It's the business of cell fights. But then when you start getting into religion and someone's rate. I mean, I can understand if you talk shit about them as a fighter and their skill level, and you know what I mean? Not to get political, but you know what the president of the United States says about religions and and other people, right? Like, yeah, but I'm saying, like, when it comes to... <laughs> like, it's... I don't know. I, I feel like I haven't seen that in the UFC yet, though. Again, maybe it has happened, but... <clears throat> no, you haven't seen it to that level. That's what I mean. Like it, it kind of got personal, you know. And it was like that was kind of. So here's supposedly what started it. Okay. What started all of this? Somebody dug this up. April sixteenth, two thousand sixteen. Ariel Hawani tweets. Habib sends a message to RDA Rafael dos Anjos. Let's do it. In, let's do it in September, October, or November. Again, summer is out for him due to Ramadan. Coach Kavanaugh says. Jesus loves knockouts, but Muhammad wasn't a fan of summertime MMA. Choose your religion wisely, young fighters. Khabib says, you can't be joking about religion. Be careful. This is not show, he says. Uh, Kavanaugh says, why not? We should be allowed without threat of violence. Have fun with all aspects of life. Hashtag one love. And he has a smiley face. He's just like, I'm just talking shit. I don't yeah, that, that was mild. Khabib goes, I don't think so. And I hope you will never mix religion and joke. Be serious. So Coach Kavanaugh says, okay, we'll agree to disagree. Congrats on your latest victory. And I wish you well in the future. La vie est belle. So life is good. Yeah, and that was the end of that. And then, uh, oh, and then Khabib says thanks. But the, but again, very cordial. It was just like, all right, that was mild. It was like whatever, just brush it off. But then when you have the you know the guy yelling to Khabib, you fucking Muslim rat. <laughs> That's the point I'm trying to make. Like that there, a fight. there's a certain exactly, a fight. but it was almost that level, and that's what started the fight. Was that comment? You fucking Muslim rat. That's what I mean. So, like, yeah, so, I, I understand we should they should have that freedom of speech regardless, especially when it's trying to hype up the fight. Oh. But where's the line that you... The line was passed when President Trump became president. Okay, but I'm talking about... I'm saying in, in, in our this, culture. In our right. culture, it suddenly became acceptable to be like that. Yeah. 
Okay, fair I'm enough. not trying to be anything political at all with this. Yeah. Just when you can come out and start calling people's wives dogs, you can start coming out and saying, you know, pussy, 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 or whatever. When you can start coming out as like an established figure of of government and just say some wild ass shit, like some shit that he says. He says some wild shit. Like, oh, who does she think she is? Fucking Pocahontas. Like, like she's Yeah. He comes out and says some pretty now, I don't care if he does it on purpose. I don't care if it's planned. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Long story short, he's saying things that you wouldn't normally see or hear in day-to-day life, and you're seeing it, and it's becoming a standard. Right. It's becoming a standard. It's becoming a standard to the point where you could have people doing armed assault with a dolly, and that's promotional work. You can have something where you say Muslim rat, and that's a fucking promo cut. Which is like, going to bring a me, new thing. Yeah, th- which is going to bring me to my next point, and... Be, and um, the guy that won against Pettis, um, Tony Ferguson, even made a point, and a lo- other fighters too. They're like, "Listen, like, that's that's childish, like that shit." You know, even the whole drama thing. Like, I'm not about that. You know, whether or not they're saying it just to, you know, blow smoke up people's asses. You know, oh, we're trying to change the game, bring it back to like, you know, a professional sport again, and this is ridiculous. Because I feel like even the whole promotional thing, there. This was the one pay-per-view I was most excited about, but yet I fell off with it. And I think it was the way it was promoted. And I'm sure a lot of people would disagree with me. 2.9 million did not disagree with you. That's what I mean. <laughs> you know, people agree, people disagree. Right, but like, right. I felt, I, again, I was stoked about this fight, but I fell off. And... Um, Again, I'm a huge Connor fan, but it, you know, I actually took the time before watching this fight. I watched this like mini documentary series on Khabib back in uh, uh, Dagestan. What is it called? Dagestan. Dagestan. Yeah. Is it Dagestan? Um, you know, and just him with his family. I've seen him training, and then is, the whole Ramadan thing. He's a he's hyper religious. Uh, yeah, and I just I watched him. I got to understand him as a person more and understand his upbringing. Uh, his personality. I mean, they're they're a tough people. You know, like they can take. Uh, they they just had a tougher upbringing. They don't really take shit. You know. Well, no, because their upbringing is either you so you survive and succeed through combat sports, or you get drafted to be a terrorist. Yeah, exactly. That's literally in yes. the Chechen. I think it's Chechenian uh, government. Yeah, so. like they're driving through or, towns and what whatever car they were in, and all of a sudden you see tanks flying by, and it's like Jesus Christ. You yeah. know. Um, and then it's like you, you really, after watching that and then seeing what other, how other fighters are living, you know, it's like, it's amazing. And you, you, you appreciate what you have and you, because we take a lot of stuff for granted, you know, and then you see someone like him who's undefeated, but I feel like he takes his life career, like more to heart rather than, um, you know, just trying to get sales and trying to get pay-per-views and um he's he's one of those guys that's really passionate. He's a true martial artist in my eye. You know what I mean? And we've had this discussion before, like there's a difference between a true passionate martial artist and someone who's there just to make money, be a movie star here and there while doing their job and so is Conor McGregor a martial artist? <sighs> is Tyron Woodley a martial artist? 
Well, okay, Conor McGregor is a showman. And a lot of people are saying, and you've probably heard this comment a billion times, oh, the UFC is becoming another WWE. Quick side note, yes, I don't see how or why other than just now there's drama to follow, but continue. I just think, you know, at this point, um, I don't think Conor's tactics are really working for him anymore, you know, especially with the Mayweather fight, and now this is his second loss to Khabib, you know, with the trash talking. I feel like he went overboard. Whether this was his doing or... He was persuaded by the UFC to go a little bit above and beyond. I don't know. I don't know the details behind all of that, but... I don't think it's... <clears throat> plan- First of all, I don't think the bus attack was planned because he's he's having legal ramifications from that. Oh, absolutely. And I know he paid millions in fines, yeah. for sure. He was... You know, he paid his whatever. I'm not he saying... Court, like He has a record now. Absolutely. Like, he I, dealt with the legal system. So I don't think it's... I don't think it's... The conspiracy theory that people online are saying. Yeah. But again, I mean, I understand, you know, Khabib played the whole, like, I'm going to be patient. He's going to talk his trash. And I'm going to be very calm and collect. And you know what? We'll just wait until we get into the, the octagon, you know? And it's true. He was very, very calm about the entire situation. Then they got in the octagon. And then Khabib proved his point physically. But I feel like even after the fight, I mean, he, Connor really got to him. Yeah, I don't think Connor thought he really got to him. I thought Connor was like, "Yo, we're selling a fight. I'm going to talk yeah, some mad but shit." But again, after seeing how you know Khabib's upbringing, you know, and just like what he's all about, his personality, I could see why it's he's taking it to heart still, even after the fact. And yes. whether or not people think Khabib's going overboard mentally. That's because we don't understand it. We were never brought up the way he was. Okay. And this is why I said earlier, my, my head's kind of all over the place. Cause again, I get it. You know, people, we should be, we, I know the world is different now. America's different now, especially with the way, what you can get away with apparently, or what you can't get away with, uh, when it comes to religion, politics, whatever your race, but I just feel like with the promotion, it was just overboard. I can see where Khabib is coming from. Now, his actions, were they were unprofessional, that's for sure. He shouldn't have done what he did. He could have just taken the belt, said, you know what, I proved my point. We could have just left the drama here in the cage. But again, I I don't understand it because I don't under I, – I, I never had an upbringing like he did and came from a country like he did. So just so I can clarify, are you justifying or at least saying that you understand? I understand why he did what he did for sure. I don't understand why even after the fact, I mean, Connor, I'm sure would have been civil. I think he would have after the fact. I think it was his fucking coaches that kept, that didn't keep their mouth shut and they, but and well, here, and here's well, me being, I guess, ra- you know, racial or whatever. But I guess that's just the Irish. Well, Dylan Danis isn't Irish. I thought he was. Dylan Danis, he's not Irish. Doesn't he have? Um, he trains in Ireland. He's moved. I think pretty sure he's moved to Ireland to train at SPG full time. Oh, but, I, I was under the assumption he was Irish. Okay. Uh, Owen Roddy and John Kavanaugh are Irish. 
his I think I'm thinking of them. Yeah, no. No, but then again, Khabib also went over to them after he tapped him out and started talking shit to that team, too. Well, no, but see, that's the thing. They were already talking trash before Khabib even started walking to them. Were they? Yes. Because Khabib got up and immediately started walking over. Because he saw them talking trash to them. This is what I'm saying. It it start the whole thing started. Yeah, I'm telling you. I think Khabib was gloating that he. You got think so? Tap. I think Khabib was gloating and just saying, "I fucking knew he would tap." He's ta- he tapped machine, and then Dylan probably. Then that's when Dylan was probably just like, "I'll make you tap, bitch. Let's go." Or whatever okay. he said. I All think right. that's what happened. Do I know? No, because nobody has audio on it. Nobody. Yeah. And it was so fast. Nobody can really tell. <clears throat> I. I don't think it was a black eye for the sport. I think it personally, I personally think it it personifies MMA. MMA is a sport. MMA is a business. It's not katas and geese. It's what it is is that it's it's the fight business, and the fight business yeah. is about sales. And I think that was a great setup for sales. It's just you know what it is. This the UFC is just evolving. You know? Well, it's just that's that's a raw human thing. If that happened in the streets, the same thing would have happened. But I, I'm, again, the same no, thing like, would happen. It's like no, no, no. Let these guys fight. They want to fight. He taps. That dude's gonna go over and start talking shit to the other. That's just that was just a, a that was just seeing base human reactions. In my opinion, in my opinion, that was just a normal situation, in in, in the fight game. You think so? Should it be the standard? No, it should not be the standard. But. Was I not surprised by it? I wasn't that surprised by it. I was kind of like, oh, shit. This now, is let me ask you this, though. If yeah. another fighter did that, okay, would you have the same mindset? Did it have the same buildup? Sure. But because it's Conor McGregor, he already has a reputation. He's got so that Colby, personality. Do you know about Colby, Colby, uh, Colby Covington? Yeah. Yeah, I'm aware of you him. You know about his shit? About what he's doing? He's trying to be a dick. He's trying to yeah, just insult people yeah. and do the same thing. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, it's he's trying to make sales. He wants people, but to that extent, they're though? all following the Floyd Mayweather formula. Become so hated that people want to watch you lose, so they pay to watch you lose and then win, and then repeat. Mm. If you <laughs> and then mm. you're getting fueled by hate tic- hate tickets. Yeah, but see, that was the one thing I liked about Connor, though, and I understood why he was the way he was before fights. You know, but I just loved his sportsmanship at the end in the respect. Even the Jose Aldo fight. I mean, he was like he felt so bad the way that fight ended. You know, and he was like, he. I mean, the speech he gave after, he's like, I wish it would have lasted. You know, a few rounds at least. Like it's so disappointing. Like he literally felt bad. Or like yeah. when he loses, he'll admit like what his mistakes were, and he's like, "Yeah, I gotta fix this issue next training." And yeah, no, he's he's and uh, a lot. Of, so there's Connor, the persona. Then there's Connor, who's Connor. There's Connor. Right. Like people don't know that he donates, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to children's hospitals in Ireland. Right. Like people don't know about that. Why? Because yeah. he doesn't talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Most people don't talk about it. Yep. I think only his coaches talked about it because they were like, we love seeing the portrayal of him because you all know Connor the character. We all know Connor the broke ex-plumber kid who showed up and started training with us and hasn't stopped. Like, that's the kid we still know. Yeah. So he's very, very different. And a lot of people say, there's even articles that say, like, once you meet him, he's very different. Yeah, He's absolutely. extremely different. But absolutely. he turns it on like a switch because he knows how to become a character. 
Now, do you think, again, with two losses in a row now, um, he's going to continue with this persona of, I'm the greatest in the world, oh, here, have some whiskey. Oh, that was another thing, too. Proper 12. I'm sure it's a great whiskey, but did you think that was appropriate? What? Of Dana White to have a shot with McGregor when this guy's trying to represent two fighters. Again, Khabib is very calm. Absolutely, because you do realize that UFC 229 was in partnership with Proper 12, the company, and McGregor Sports Entertainment. But was it professional for the vice president of the company to do that live with another fighter like their buddy-buddy? I get it. But you're representing two fighters. Oh, no. But Dana White's never been that professional. Dana White said he wants to beat the shit out of Tito Ortiz. He said he's oh, wanted yeah, I to. Know. Yeah. It's like, Dana White's not professional. I don't know. No. That that was something. Again, the whole thing leading up to the fight, I was just, I was off with it, you know? And that kind of pissed me off. You know, because they want to be, first they wanted to be recognized as a professional sport, entertainment, whatever. So they signed on with Reebok so no one could see Bad Boy on someone's ass anymore or Mike Seafood, uh, you know. But like, so they get the deal with Reebok. All right, now now we're, we all look professional. We're wearing, you know, a, a single brand of clothing. We look clean. We look good. But then this shit happens. And... To be honest, I think the sport was never validated because the treatment of the fighters. From the pay, to how they take care of them, to the amount of fighters that they cut for no reason, to most recently, I thought it was more professional for the whole John Jones business. That pissed me off way more than anything between Connor and Khabib, especially the post-fight stuff. Yeah, It bothered me more that you had a guy who's a known drug user, who's been popped multiple times, yep. who has an actual criminal record from these drugs who's done things like hit pregnant ladies with cars <laughs> and fled the scene and came back for his pipe yeah. <laughs> in cash. And you work to get his, you let his suspension get halved and make it retroactive so he can yeah, fight this, in 2018 I mean. before it's... a new contract with ESPN kicks off in 2019. So you, you have a new light heavyweight champion crowned going for like, that's unprofessional yeah, to me. That's, that, it's, it's all that fucked. makes me think the whole thing is a joke that's fixed. None of the Connor stuff. The Connor stuff is just Connor trying to make a business. I understand Connor made a business deal. He made Proper 12 an official sponsor. He he made McGregor Sports Entertainment so he could sign promotional deals with the UFC. He's just being smart. I have $100 million. I could get multiple companies started and I could begin partnerships so I can begin racking in like point points with like the pay-per-views i can start getting advertisement revenue coming in like i can well not technically for him but he can start doing things to to maximize his profits that's just being smart toasting the president of the company not as conor mcgregor the fighter but conor mcgregor the head and owner of proper 12 and the head and owner of mcgregor sports entertainment that's how i saw that and that's Mm -hmm. what i saw as being crafty because you're right he put dana in a situation where dana had to be like cheers buddy because Connor's smart and he knew what he was doing. That's what I think. Hmm. I think John Jones getting a lenient penalty re- like applied for being a multiple time user. It's like at this point, what's the Chad Mendes was suspended for a year for a year for like topical cream 
for his psoriasis. Yeah. A year. Never popped his entire college life. Never popped his entire professional fight career. He pops for steroid, steroid topical cream for his psoriasis or egg, eczema or whatever. And they suspend him for a year. Yeah. John Jones is now on his fourth, I believe it's his fourth popped test <laughs> after also getting criminal records. Hmm. And they and he he's able to give he takes a four year suspension and turns it into fifteen months. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Josh Barnett gets popped oh, for yeah, a tainted supplement. Yeah. Josh Barnett provides supplements that he's been taking for the past year because he he's a professional and tracks all of his own supplements. Provides all samples and examples to them. USADA finds out that it that he's right. It was actually tainted at the facility. They still punish him. He's forced to quit and find other jobs because he needs to pay. Wow. That's okay. Like no, no. The UFC has lost credibility with me from a professional standpoint long before this shit happened. Yeah, I just think when it comes down to the entertainment though, and trying to sell a fight just do what you guys always did i mean you guys were still selling why do you have to go again even if it was conor mcgregor's doing why does it have to go to that extent though you know it doesn't and that's why it's not the standard colby's trying to do it because he wants to be conor yeah and i i don't know i don't even know how i feel about colby you know it's just i don't like guys like that the thing with colby is which is kind of ironic because I'm into Connor, but I think it's because I know who he truly is, you know, and what he he stands for, and um, he really is just a good guy. He's only doing it for the business, and a lot of people know that. That's why a lot of people put up with it because they're just like, "Well, no, it's Connor. We know he's a good guy." Exactly. Yeah. So I have a different feeling about that. But then there's guys like you know Kobe or whatever. They're just assholes. Kobe's just trying to be an asshole. Yeah. But Colby's also not used to it because Colby's not really an asshole at, at, at heart, but he's trying to portray that character. Like, Connor, also, people know that Connor's just trying to be funny. Like, remember the speech after he beat Eddie Alvarez? Yeah. yeah. And he's like, where's me fucking belt? And he gives him the second belt. He's like, ooh, this feels good. And then he's like, what do you want to say? And he's like, I would like to say, take this moment to apologize. <laughs> Drop down like nobody. Like, like, that was, like, and the crowd went wild. The crowd went wild at that statement. They went like, boo, you're a showboat. They were like, fucking, that's hilarious. That's fucking hilarious. Everybody's laughing. <laughs> it's because it's he did it because it was funny, and he knew it was funny. That's why he does it. The billionaire strut, he does it because it's funny. Yeah. Because he knows it's funny to just do this walk. Yep. Because it exudes this silly confidence. He knows that. He knows that. Uh, but yeah, so... Just to sum everything up, I mean, my mind's kind of all over the place. I kn- I'm sure it was bothering Khabib and maybe him being calm through all the conferences and stuff. Hey, Did it really help? I don't think he was calm. I think he was just bottling it up. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. it was just bottled up. So, like, even after the match, he still had all this rage. You know, I, I mean, I don't know how he's doing now, but... Um, uh, he hung up with Vladimir Putin. He met with the Chechenian dictator who gave him a Mercedes as a gift. Uh, <laughs> okay. he's, uh, he's trying to fight Floyd Mayweather. No shit. He denied a $15 million rematch against Conor McGregor. I know 50 Cent gave, offered him a deal. $2 to, million to go to Bellator. Yeah. Uh, Khabib 
says the he turned down fifteen million for the McGregor rematch because he wants to face Tony Ferguson. Good for him. Good for him. Um, excuse me. Um, he said he wants to face. Uh, what do you call it? He said he wants to face Floyd Mayweather because Floyd Mayweather's undefeated and he's undefeated. They're the only two undefeated fighters. Fair enough. Yeah. That's where he's at. Yeah. The, the thing that people have a question on is what's going on with Connor? Like, what's Connor's next move? See, that's what I mean. Like, is he going to do something as, I don't know, in, in like extreme? Well, what's next for Connor? Like, I mean, I guess he's pretty much set regardless, right? Yes. But what's he going to do, though? Like, he he can't fight back against he can't have a rematch against Khabib. He can't uh he can't have a rematch, a rematch against Khabib. He can't fight Tony Ferguson because Tony's next for the title. Who's he gonna fight? Anthony Pettis, who's gonna be out for what, eight months plus with a broken hand? Yeah. He could have the trilogy fight with Nate Diaz. Even though Nate Diaz is lined up to face Dustin Poirier. Yeah, that's right. What can he do? Hmm. I don't know. Like right? So, like, that that's really what it is. Is It's, like, what's new? What's next? What's possible for him? It's, like, nobody knows. It's just... I don't mm-hmm. know. It's... it's um, A lot of people are just saying it could be versus Floyd. Uh... Sh- Everybody's rumoring that he's going to fight Tony Ferguson and then retire because he's been saying, I don't want to fight too much longer. So that's also something that's out there. Um, I don't know, man. So this sounds horrible, but a part of me is like, (sighs) part of me getting tired of just, the fight game, in a way. I'm kind of getting turned off of it because of the shit that's going down with John Jones. He's coming back and being offered an immediate title fight. Yeah. After a four year, after like a three-year layoff and multiple drug pops and shit with the law. Oh, welcome back. You get a title fight right away against Alexander Gustafson. It's like, what? What? What the fuck? Yeah. Um, it's just getting it's just getting tiring following the same bullshit. I mean, it, it's it's kind of like I wish Connor came back and didn't fight for the title. I think if Connor came back and fought anybody else in that division, it would be more entertaining. Just I, as like a co-main or no, he would he would definitely have to headline. But just have him come back and fight somebody else. What if he came back and fought Dustin Poirier again? The re- eh, not, that's not really a fight. What if he came back and fought Nate Diaz for the trilogy for his comeback fight? What if he came back and he fought Anthony Pettis, who's on the rise again? Or he fights Tony Ferguson mm-hmm. for the for like and saying, I'm here, it's my belt, I'll come back and I'll fight you for it. Like I'll fight you for the right to challenge Khabib. I'd rather see that. I, I would much rather have seen that. Well, we know bottom line that Connor signed up for what, six fights? Something like that. Yeah. So he's got fights. Yeah. He he's got fights. Um 
Um, it's a weird time. Eddie Alvarez left. Eddie, Eddie really? Alvarez signed with one championship. Huh. Yep. His contract was up. <clears throat> I think UFC said they were trying to keep him, but I think one of the one championship, uh, they just gave him so much money. He was like, absolutely, I'm on the end of my career. I will absolutely take this. Yeah, sure. Why not? I don't blame him. Um, yeah, it's just... I don't know. I don't have... I don't have any desire to see GSP fight. We we talked about this last yeah. episode. I yeah. don't care about seeing him fight again. It's almost like I want to see more stars rise up because it's been the same stars for a while. I kind of yeah. want to see more stars rise up, and that's kind of where I'm at. Um, Michelle Watterson looked amazing on Saturday. She kicked ass. Yeah, She looked great in every single situation. Um Sergio Pettis is changing divisions because he was just like, I need to change. I need to switch it up. He's good everywhere. He's not great anywhere. And he doesn't really finish anymore. So he's just like, I'm switching something up. So I think he's going up a weight class. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't have, I don't have much on my mind about Conor McGregor and Khabib. Yeah. It's almost, well, it's almost like the mystique wasn't broken. We knew Connor could be beaten. Connor lost to Nate. He wasn't some invincible guy. Yeah, no. He's not GSP. No, he, yeah, he doesn't have, like, you know. He, yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't think this loss was that big. No. I know it seems crazy yeah, I, to I, say I, that. It, yeah, it's true. Because, like, it's not like I was truly disappointed he lost. But because I, I also knew who he, who he was up against, too. Um,. Yeah, I, this is what I mean. My mind is just everywhere with this situation. The whole thing is just weird to me. I think there will be a rematch. There will be? I think they're both going to have a fight away from each other, and then they're going to come right back at it. Hmm. I think Khabib fights Tony Ferguson, which will be a hell of a fight, as you can tell, between Tony's super creative aggressiveness and his amazing jiu-jitsu. Um I think that's going to be a really fun fight. Um, and I think Connor fights Nate, and then they come back together. That's what I think. I think they then do a rematch. And then that match, part two, if uh, Khabib wins, he retires. That's what I think. Now, what, do you, what would you think if Connor lost? A second time? Mm-hmm. How would he lose? Whether it's the same way or surprise, like by knockout or whatever. Well, I'd be... Off, do you think they would fight again if, like, Connor lost to Nate? No, but I don't think Connor would lose to Nate. I think Connor knows how to beat Nate. Okay. He beat him. He beat him. I know not super soundly, but he had, he had a good recipe to beat him the second time. And Nate's not that creative to change it up. I think he beats Nate again. I think it's a. I think he's got to earn that win because Nate can just eat punches. Yeah. And kicks. I think Nate. He has to earn that win. He has to painfully drag that win out of Nate. But he can beat Nate. He already, beat, he already did it once. I think he can do it. Um, yeah, I think he beats Nate. I'm excited to see Nick. When is he coming back? He's cleared. Finally, he's, he's cleared to come back. He's been cleared. Okay. This year he was cleared to come back. 
I think halfway through this year. Um, he hasn't commented on an opponent. I think they've been offering him opponents. And he's just like, nah, fuck this. I think he's just like, not fighting's fine. <laughs> and if you offer me enough money, sure, I'll take it. I'll pay some bills. But I think he's in no rush. Okay. Kind of like GSP. He's kind of just like, meh, I don't need to fight. Yeah. I like it. Eh, I don't need it. It's not fun for me right now, so he doesn't do it. They're at a point where they don't need to fight to, to live. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're not like these younger fighters who need to fight to live and pay bills and get better to a point where they can sustain themselves with their skills. Yep. They're, you know, there's, the younger fighters are still dogfighting for any kind of opportunity and, and growth compared to Nate, Nick Diaz and uh, GSP. Yeah. I think uh, rumor has it GSP and Anderson Silva, I think. Really? I think that was the talk. I think that was the talk because GSP can't cut down enough to fight Conor McGregor. He doesn't want to fight Tyron Woodley, and he doesn't want to go back up again. So I think Anderson Silva is going to try to cut. Because he's, yeah, because GSP was known for being welter. Then he went up to middle. Middle. That's right. Uh, Anderson is, is middle. Okay. So I think uh, Anderson's going to cut down. Uh, they might do a catch weight, but I think that's the rumor. Last I checked on, I'm going to be honest. I didn't even know Anderson Silva was still relevant. He uh, got suspended for PED usage again. No, just from the last time. Oh, okay, he just didn't catch a break like John Jones. Huh. I'm also excited for Demetrius Johnson to come back. Yeah, that's although right. there are rumors they're going to shut down the flyweight division. Why? Why? If Henry Cejudo ends up fighting TJ Dillashaw by going up a weight class to try to get TJ's belt, I think they said they're going to just shut down the flyweight division if Henry wins. And they're going to force all the flyweights to move up a weight class. I just don't... It's because they're not a draw. Okay. They don't get eyeballs. That Remembered how Demetri Johnson is famously known for not having any kind of draw? Yeah. Drawing power? That's why. Okay. Last thing they want to do is have DJ come back, win, win and beat the shit out of Henry Cejudo, and then the, it's back to where it was. <laughs> hmm. That's the last thing people want. Okay. So what do you think about that? What do you think about... What are your reactions if they close down the flyweight division? There's going to be a lot of hungry guys in that yeah. next class. Yeah. You know, especially for the ones that are already in like the top 10. You know, and now you have a bunch of dudes who don't have to cut weight who, as much, who don't have to cut weight, but like are still skilled. You know what I mean? And they have to. I don't know. It's it be interesting, I guess. I don't see the point of cutting it. Well, here's the thing. This goes back to what we were just talking about earlier in this episode. Do you measure the UFC and MMA in particular more as a business slash sport compared to martial arts? Because in martial arts, you have to keep the flyweight division. You have to appreciate the technicality and speed, yeah, the oh agility. No, this, this UFC at this point is a business. In entertainment. A, right. So yeah. at, at a business perspective, you cut it. <clears throat> and you save the money. People who can't move up a weight class or don't, cool, your contract's terminated. Go fight at Bellator. Which is what a lot of people are commenting on. They're like, if you cut the flyweight division... You're literally just stocking your competitors. You're just literally stocking Bellator's flyweight division with the best of the best. Yeah. Because a lot of guys will get paid more money to go there and be able to have sponsors again. Yeah. So it's like 
the fuck you doing? Hmm. Right? So it's a, it's a situation. It's it's a it's a tough situation. Um Amanda Nunez is facing off against Chris Cyborg. I think Amanda's moving up a weight class. Okay. To fight her. Uh, for those who, that's everybody who can't see, I just grimaced pretty hard. <laughs> that's scary. Those are two terrifying yeah. ladies going at it. That's, that's terrifying. That's fucking terrifying to see. Um, Amanda is such a powerful, accurate striker. I mean, mirror on the wall here with Chris Cyborg. But Chris Cyborg, I feel like, has more physical strength than cardio. I think she's in way better physical shape. And I don't think Amanda... I mean, we don't have to get into depth of a fight preview, but I don't think Amanda has the physical capabilities to push Chris Cyborg to a limit. Mm. And it's going to just be purely on finishing ability. We're going to have to finish you on like with stand-up or on the ground because there's no way I can empty your gas tank over five rounds. I think that's where it's at. I think Chris Cyborg is just too... Too much of everything. She's massive. Yeah. I think she walks around to like 170. Jesus. And she cuts to 140, 145. Wow. I think she weighs maybe higher, maybe 185. I'm trying to remember. She's massive, dude. Chris Cyborg's fucking massive. Wow. She's a fucking machine. She's the closest what, thing we what's have. What's her height? I don't know. She's tall as shit. Damn. <laughs> She's the closest thing that we have, I think, to like an actual Terminator. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> she's fucking terrifying man she's fucking terrifying huh yeah so that's that's really there's a lot of interesting things still going on um it's almost you know what it is it's almost like i don't care about the drama i think that's what i'm tired of i don't care about the drama behind it i don't need conor mcgregor to sell the fight i'm interested just because of his fighting style now here's the thing i know i'm not a standard average mma fan i know i'm not a standard average ufc fan yeah i know i know that but i do get to say i am a martial artist and on my perspective i have a lot of different opinions and views and those opinions and views are very simple. It's kind of like, I just want to see the art of what this is, even though there's so many rules. Um, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, you know what I mean? I, I just, it's like, I just wish it was like it used to be, you know, it's, I, I don't want it, things to turn into a soap opera. And then it turns into something like the WWE, which granted, from a business standpoint, yeah, they're making billions of dollars. It's a multi-billion dollar. It thing. is, but were you ever in wrestling? When I was a kid, um, yeah, I was. I loved wrestling. Yeah, I, I was mean, a, I had the games. I had the action figures. Watched it on TV all the time. Sure, I was a big fan. I was a big fan. Yeah, I didn't get tired because it was quote unquote fake or scripted. I got tired because. The story peaked, and I remember exactly when the story peaked. The story peaked when it was WCW versus WWE, and it was the invasion. And it was, in reality, the merger. Okay. It was the merger of the companies. So they played off the merger as an invasion by WCW to try to take over. And the storyline between the two was so... It's To my opinion, it's the best storyline in all of wrestling, any wrestling fans listening, please feel free to educate me because I don't know everything about wrestling. But from my witness, that was the best. It was 
these rivals suddenly becoming teammates, but then stabbing each other's backs and, you know, somebody going to the WCW side when they're really a WWE fighter and they switch sides and Eric Bischoff and the McMahons. And it was this beautiful storyline they wove and it was so entrancing. I was so fucking hooked to that and it was so fucking good. It was awesome. It was, it was great. Um, Once that was over, once that storyline finished, once it was officially like WWE wins and the WCW people are, have now been merged into Monday Night Raw or Thursday Night SmackDown and what have you, or Sunday Night Heat, all these things, I didn't get tired of what I saw on screen. I got tired of hearing what I saw on screen. Mm. I got tired of hearing the characters and personalities and the aggressiveness and the audacity and and how do we one-up this and how do we make... I got tired of that. And that's when I felt myself be like, you know what, I'm done with this. Gotcha. I went through this emotional roller coaster of my favorite fighters, favorite wrestlers and and like the story arcs of like that, like Team Extreme and, you know, like Too Cool and all this and, and The Rock and Steve Austin and Undertaker and Kane becoming a tag team and all those things, the Dudley brothers and Stacy Keebler, oh, yeah. the whole nine yards, dude. I was so deep into it. And then I was just like, you know what? I'm tapped out. I am tapped out. It's fun to watch. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of personalities that have left, but like I'm tapped out. And then when I went back to it, just randomly, I was like, oh, SmackDown's on or like Raw is on. I'm going to just see what it's like now. It was like John Cena and, and Randy Orton, I think. Mm. I remember being like, I get it, but it's because I get it. I get these characters. I get their roles. I get their plot and the storyline. I've seen this before. It's like I've seen the people's champ before. Yeah. I, that's what John Cena is. I've seen the guy who wants to take him down. I've seen the guy who wants to be his like his mankind, so to speak. Like I see that right now with Randy Orton, this crazy psychopath character. Like I saw it, and because it clicked, I just went, nope, I'm not interested. I, th- I think it's incredible what they do. I think people don't give them enough credit. One of the things I love to say when people are like, it's freak. I'm like, okay. If, it's, if you care, if you keep saying it's all fake, go do one wrestling match. Yep. And you tell me how fake it is if they throw you off a ladder through a table. Even if the table is designed to crumble, you tell me how you feel after. Then we can keep talking about how it's fake. I don't give a shit if you. I don't give a shit that it's scripted, because they're willingly hurting themselves yeah. for entertainment value, for a story, not even for like giggles in the yeah. sense of like, oh, we're doing like live action comedy. It's like no, we're selling a story on stage, and the the stage if it needs to break with me going through a car window, I'm gonna go through the car window. So, I have a ton of respect for the fact that they want to perform to that level of commitment. That's fucking insane. But long story short. It, I get it. And that's where I feel is coming in, in MMA. Even though you and I are both not the biggest MMA fans or UFC fans, we're still fans of it. You know, we mm-hmm. still follow and watch it every once in a while. And and the main thing is, is like, we have the showboat. Okay, cool. We had a showboat before with Anderson Silva. Oh, we have a trash talker. Oh, we had a trash talker with Shell Sonnen. Yeah. Oh, we have a knockout artist. Oh, we had a knockout artist with Chuck Liddell. Oh, we have the wrestler. Oh, we had the wrestler with Josh Koscheck. Oh, we had the best of all time. Oh, well, we had the best of all time with like, I don't know, like Matt Hughes. 
It's like, oh, we have, you know what I mean? Like, it's almost like the wave of it repeats. Oh, we have the unstoppable champion. Uh, yep. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, no, we have, we had Ronda Rousey. They're sticking with a formula that have worked in the past, and now they just, you know, rinse but and repeat. The problem is it's an organic formula. These things are yeah. just happening. Yep. It's just like, oh, nobody can stop the ground game. Nobody can stop the Sambo. Nobody can stop this and that. And it's true. Khabib is undefeated. He's 27-0. It's true. Yep. But I'm getting tired of it. Is the thing. Yeah. It's like I'm getting it's almost like it's 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 almost like when Chet was here for that episode. And for those who don't who didn't listen, you should go back to the Chet Lee episode where he talks about his extensive experience with martial arts um as a kung fu and uh kempo practitioner. There's a time when it's when like you get t- you you get worn out almost mm-hmm. from it. Just like with anything. Like if you go to the gym all the time, eventually you will get tired after eight years of doing it, I'm just like, you know what? I'm getting tired of coming here and doing bench presses. Yeah. Like, I need a break. I'm going to go for a run. Like, it could be something as simple as that. But to me, that's where I feel I'm getting to, where it's almost like, I don't, the story shit, it's interesting, so I know what's happening next. That's all it is, telling me what fight's going to happen next. But I don't, it's hard to, like you're saying, it's hard to stay in balance with it. And I feel like that in a way, but the way I feel is more like I don't have that, that attachment mm. to it as much. And I don't know if that's what you were referring to, but that's how I feel. Yeah. Was I on the hitting it on the head a little bit or no? Yeah, I mean I don't know. Cause like with the thing with wrestling too, right? And the whole backstory stuff like in the entertainment and all that and the thing with that was it was always like that. You know, they didn't start out doing like, oh, Olympic wrestling, like when it was WWF, you know, back right. in like the 70s or whatever. It's not like these guys had the headgear on and the freaking spandex, whatever on. They were doing like professional Olympic wrestling. Then, you know, one day there was this wrestler who started drama and then it turned to what it is today. Like, it was always entertainment. It always had these crazy characters who happened to be professional wrestlers, who had backstories, and it's been this ongoing business for so many years. And uh, again, like you were saying, there's like this organic formula to it, but it's also, I believe, just to attract the newer generation, which is why professional, or quote-unquote professional wrestling is still one of like, the highest rated like entertainment thing like sports you know like okay it's fake or it's staged or it's scripted but there's that newer generation still that haven't that are just experiencing it for the first time right you know like we we went through our phase you know 90s whatever maybe early 2000s Yeah. yeah but then we that's what like you said you it got to a point where you're like you know what i'm i'm good I'm good. I under. I get it. But now it's the next generation that has to get to that point, and then the generation after. And you know, there. I think with the UFC, though, just thinking about when they first started back in the early '90s and what it's become today. Sure, there are certain things that make it more professional. But then when I see stuff like, you know, the the last pay per view and the drama. And, 
you know, I, I don't know. Not, not, and again, not every fighter is like that. And I understand. I just don't want it to become that where every fighter feels like they have to be that person where they have to put, there has to be a backstory that led up to their fight. You know, I gotcha. I gotcha. Like there, there has to be a reason to fight other than we're just both good fighters. Yeah, exactly. Like it was something personal and whatever. Like I just, you're right. Back when we were watching it, way back in the day when we first started becoming friends, it was mainly like, oh man, this guy's such a good wrestler. He's facing this guy who's a really good like counter wrestler. How's this going to go down? Like, oh yeah. man, I have no idea. Who do you think is going to win? Who do you think is going to win? I don't know, man. Like he's so good at stuff and takedowns. Yeah. That was the conversation. I mean, yep. we still talk about that, but you and I are also very biased as martial artists, but I think it's, I know what you mean. Yeah. But again, you know what? They're, they're a business, like you said, at the end of the day, and they need to make money and it's selling, you know, this fight sold. So all the UFC is going to do at this point is just continue going forward. And that's that. Yeah. So. Anyways. Don't let this conversation deter you from watching uh, MMA. If you are an MMA fan or want yeah. to watch MMA, go ahead and feel free to tune in and check it out. <laughs> um, let's end this real quick. We're just talking about... Uh, let's, see. let's see here. Let me see if I can... Let's see if I can bring something up about what's happening next. Ooh. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, fight night, who cares? Oh, we got some time. We're not going to talk about it now. We got some time to, to let things stew. All right, everybody. Have a good night. Peace. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>